Priscilla McKinney, CEO and Mama Bird here at Little Bird Marketing. You're listening to Flock Stars, the Ponderings from the Perch miniseries. In this season of Flock Stars, we're showcasing amazing people who attended the 2018 Women in Research Executive Retreat. You'll get to hear from these market research experts in short, bite-sized episodes. Before we get started, I want to tell you about this episode's sponsor. Green Book brings innovative resources to market researchers on both sides of the table and offers effective marketing opportunities in a variety of targeted media. From the Grit Report to the industry-leading blog and IIEX events, Green Book provides a stimulating, practical, and timely perspective on topics and issues relevant to the insights industry. So for all your market research needs, visit greenbook.org. We love it. You'll love it. With me today is Dinah Bowen, and this gal is going to knock your socks off. She is currently the president of market research at Servata. And while they're a brand intelligence company, they're really a technology company. And you're going to be very interested to hear her story and her insight about how technology is affecting market research. But also, she's an entrepreneur. And I know on this show, we love talking to entrepreneurs. And we're going to get to hear a little bit about her entrepreneur journey. And um, you'll get to hear really her insights as a strategist, as a team builder, and she has had such an interesting career in the market research industry supply chain, just just across so many different pieces of it, that she has, I think, a very valuable uh, a valuable perspective that you're going to love. But before we talk with her just a little bit, I want to preface this by letting you know really just how much at the forefront Dinah has always been with technology and innovation. She was the co-founder of UB Mobile, and that sold to Critical Mix. Then she had a uh, she was an early member in Market Tools in Zoomerang, which sold the Survey Monkey, and oh my gosh, I can go on and on because then she was a co-founder of True Sample, and they merged with Imperium, and then she now co-founded the Wire Exec Leadership Summit, which is why we're talking today. And the Wire Exec, which you, you know, this whole mini series is built around, is such an interesting help to women in research. So as you can see, we're going to have tons to talk about today. But right now, from the vantage point of her being the president of market research at Servata, we're going to hear a little bit about what is going on in market research from this really outstanding and experienced um, friend of mine, Dinah Bowen. So welcome to the show. <laughs> Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Priscilla. That was um I'm I'm blushing. That was a wonderful intro. Oh my and goodness. Um, I'm so happy to be here talking with you today. It's packed. I mean, I, you know, when we were talking out in Tiburon, I'm just half the time my you know, I kind of had to like push my mouth up. I'm like, what what did you not do in the early years in market research? It seems like, you know, every time you started something new, it was such an answer, a direct answer to true needs that were you know, needed solution in the industry. And so, I mean, how did you get to be at the right place at the right time every, like in a pattern? (laughs) There has to be strategy, Uh, Dinah. Well, I, I, you know what, I just, uh, people have told me I like to just jump into the deep end with both feet. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just sort of how, how I roll. Um, I just get interested in something and when, once I have a vision for something, I can clearly just go after that vision. And so it, I think it really 
really comes down to what do you personally feel passionate about, whether it's, um, you know, mobile technology or it's a research methodology or any type of business idea like the Wire um, Women's Leadership Summit, uh, any of those things, you know, the, the Leadership Summit, that that group of ladies is, is a power group of ladies. It's uh, it's fun to just hear all of the unique, unique ideas that come out of that group. But everything starts as, you know, an idea, a conversation, and it's just about the energy that you put behind it that makes it come to life and that makes it real. And so case in point, so the Wire Exec Leadership Summit was an idea that my friend Heidi Dicker and I had driving up through Napa one day. We were heading up to go to a um, an event, a wine tasting event, and we just thought, wouldn't it be great if we had all these other you know, market research women executive come together and go wine tasting and have, you know, a weekend thinking about business and talking about business and really creating this forum because we just saw that, um, some of the guys, you know, guy friends of ours had events like that, where I think they just naturally gravitated towards golfing together or poker or things like that. And, um, And so we just thought, wouldn't it be fun to do something for the women in the industry? And the very first year, it started out as just a a test. We thought, okay, let's invite um, a dozen people. I think there were maybe 12 people that first year. And we very much told everyone, hey, this is an experiment. We had a full agenda and it was it was run like a professional leadership summit, but it was an experiment nonetheless. And so we were trying different things from working on um, leadership exercises and activities to really think through intentions and goals and aspirations you have in your life, which seem like big goals, but then what's that first step to get started? And then we had also um, entrepreneurs from the Bay Area. Um, one was Kara Golden, who, if you're not familiar with her, she's the CEO of Hintwater. She came and did the keynote that year. Um, so we've had, you know, other amazing, inspiring women outside of market research come to that event and really just help people think big and take take that first step, right? And what's been so rewarding for me is to see everyone that came to that first event that is still coming back. Uh, you know, we've had three events now and just seeing, um, not just the journey I've been on during that time period, but also the journey they've been on and really watching people's dreams come true as it relates to their business goals and, or sometimes it's personal goals. Sometimes people are very focused on business and they want to focus more on balancing their personal life and personal goals. And so whatever journey they're on, it's been fun to see them achieve those things and take advantage of, um, you know, the exercises and speakers and inspiration we've put into practice in that event. Let's take a break from this awesome content and listen to something from our awesome sponsor. The IIEX conference season has begun. And if you haven't registered for one of these events, you absolutely need to. Presented by Greenbook, IIEX is a global TED-inspired future-focused event in the market research and insight space. On November 28th and 29th, join me in Bangkok for IIEX Asia Pacific. This event has an amazing speaker lineup, including me, and other thought leaders from Nestle, AirAsia, BBC, and Diageo. For registration and event details, visit IIEX-AP 
www.insightinnovation.org or just check out the link in our show notes. Plus, save 20% on registration with the promo code LITTLEBIRD. Remember, things happen first at IIEX. I can't wait to see you there. Well, there's something really special that you and Heidi and, you know, Kristen and the rest of the team at WIRE really have put into it. And it's just so noticeable from the moment you walk in the room because it is such a collaborative and supportive environment. What, you know, where do you, obviously it came from the leadership, but why do you think even this many years later, it's just so the absolute essence of that meeting? You know, I it is a team effort for sure. And um, all four of us, we meet every other Friday at the end of the day. And it's a little bit like having a second job, which any of you out there that have, um, you know, had side projects or planned different events or conferences know that, that it is, you know, it's a bit of a side job. It's a part-time job. But I think it just comes down to, the four of us have very unique and different personalities. And just like anything, when you bring diversity into planning an event together, you end up with something, um, something special. And so, and the other thing is it's the people who come to the event, um, and you know, their attitude and enthusiasm about what we're doing and what we're building together. So it, it really is about, um, that diversity of leadership. And I think, The other thing I'll add is that, you know, it's not a big giant conference. It's an intimate event. It's under 40 people and, um, everyone who's there is it's an invite only event. So it's, um, you know, you're invited there's, um, by other leaders who, uh, see you as a co-founder of a company or see you as an up and comer. So while there are co-founders and executives there last year, we had 10 people that, um, members of WireXX said, Hey, this, this gal, she is on the fast track. She is on the C track and we want to mentor and encourage that and invite her into this to help her, help her get there. And so it's really, you know, a combination of the people who come and the ideas and unique personalities of the team that plans the event. Yeah. So if you're on the outside looking in and thinking, gosh, invite only, how do I get there? Well, the first thing we can say is that WIRE itself, Women in Research, it, it's it's free to join. And there's clubs all over the world, literally all over the world. So, you know, check out, you know, WIRE and get started there if you have women on your team and you want to promote them and mentor that this is just a perfect opportunity. So um, and then eventually what that leads to is networking and then getting involved with, um, you know, with Wire Exec. But, I, you know, I always take any time I can to give Wire a plug because it's free. It's just amazing to come together and really get this kind of support and this kind of um, opportunity to collaborate and really just to get encouraged, too, with, you know, the reality of you know, trying to either co-found or run or mentor other uh, other women in the industry, it, it, we all can admit it's a lot. We're all running pretty fast, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, actually, you know, um, a big part of my journey to in coming to Servada is about um, mentorship. And so while I'm involved with WIRE and the San Francisco chapter of WIRE, which Bryn Moore leads, um, I mentor people as part of WIRE and I mentor young women in market research and technology in the Bay Area. And 
um, I first started out with Servada as a, a mentor. I didn't work at Servada. I was introduced to Chris Kelly by um, a former colleague of mine at Market Tools. And at the time, um, we were both on you know different entrepreneurial journeys. And I um, had said, hey, I'd love to you know mentor some of the exciting young women at your company. And so started out by having lunch with them and um, ended up meeting with them as a group and then having one-on-one mentoring sessions just over the course of the last uh, four years or so. And so I watched Servada grow from the very beginning in parallel while I was off growing UB Mobile. And so, uh, you know, since you brought up Wire, as I think all the way back, it's, you know, it's mentorship is what connected me to the job I'm in now. Well, yeah, and I love how you're saying that it's mentorship. However, if we examine what you just said a little more closely, where it came from was from you giving and reaching out and saying, hey, I want to give back. And this is, I identify this is something with all of my experience that I can give to women at an up-and-coming company. How can this develop into more? How can we make sure that these women don't go unnoticed and that there is some kind of an actual path to, you know, to achieving really your career goals. I I love that. You, you know, here you're going and saying at a volunteer organization, how can I come in and help uh, mentor your people at, you know, at your business? So to me, I mean, that's humble of you, Dinah, but I I, I love the fact that, you know, you're reaching back. So on that vein, it is, it kind of sparks this question for me. You know, when you were at the forefront, even think back to when you were, um, working UMI Mobile, and even before that, when you were up and coming in market research, what's something that you wish you would have had? What kind of help? I mean, it does that inspire your your offer for mentorship? Help me understand that. Unpack that a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I had a lot of help. Nobody gets to where wherever they're going in their career without a lot of help. And I, you know, as I look back, about onto the, you know, the mentors I had, I had really great women and men mentors. You know, I was fortunate to have people that kind of took me under their wing, um, from my very, very first job right out of college where I was, you know, a a young woman in technology before that was even a thing, you know, today it's a thing. It's like Mm -hmm. women in technology, women coding. And it's, you know, I was just (laughs) fresh out of school working with a lot of, you know, older gentlemen that were kind of tech guys. And I didn't look like any of them. I didn't really, you know, fit into that scene, but it Mm -hmm. was what I was enthusiastic about and what I liked. And so, um, I was, fortunate to have people that encouraged that and supported me in every promotion that I got along the way. Um, you know, people, people who know me know that I often talk about Beth rounds who, um, people in the research industry know Beth. She had a very successful career. I call her, I will affectionately call her the sassy redhead. And, you know, she was, my mentor. And some days it was about business and some days it was just about encouragement. And, you know, I'd have a big pitch going with a big um, brand client and she would just say something that would make you feel good. Like you look like a million bucks today. Right. Mm. And it, it just, um, and you're like, yeah, I do look like a million bucks today. I'm ready for this, right? <laughs> and so um, sometimes mentorship is just about that. Other times it's just uh, about your experience and having been 
been in someone's shoes, you know, a few years before them and you see the patterns and you say, you know, here's where you're at in your life. And, you know, if you're making a career change, it's about, you know, does this fit with your life? And, and I will say that some of that is me thinking about, did I always make uh, career changes that were consistent with maybe my personal life? No, I didn't. You know, <laughs> I, I, I will be the first one to raise my hand and say, no, I, I didn't. But because I didn't, I can recognize when somebody's in that mode and kind of just say, Hey, step back. And is this, is this the right company culture move for you when you just came back from maternity leave? Uh, or is this, you know, the amount of travel you want to be doing right now? And sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's go for it, do the travel, do the, you know, um, start the company. And other times it's, "Hmm, that might not be the best fit for you. Keep looking. And usually what I've seen with my mentors is when they, they, they make the right decisions and they pick the thing that is the right thing for their life at that moment. And then they're, you know, them, they've, they've been really happy with that. So it's been fun, fun to watch. And it's not about, you know, telling people what to do. It's just making people recognize where they're at and think, think through what's the right thing for them at that moment. And I hope that some of my own learnings and mistakes can guide people. You know, you always with your mentees or anyone that you're mentoring, you know, it's, if you can save them from some of the things you learn the hard way, then, uh, then, you know, that's rewarding. Well, I love that. And I love that it comes for you, you know, for you, it comes through a sense of gratitude that you feel like a lot of people did help you. And you also, you know, have been, uh, you know, a an entrepreneur in an environment in, you know, in San Francisco, in the Bay Area, that most of us would say in the U.S. fairly is um, far more at the cutting edge of women in tech and tech in general and mentorship programs and leadership like this, this kind of idea of, of uh, what we consider now a new approach to leadership and more collaborative. But do you have some advice for some women right now who find themselves not in that kind of um, great environment? And, you know, like, what would you say to other women who, uh, how would they go about asking for help? And how does that tie into, you know, the, the wire meetings that are happening on the regular? Yeah, I I would say as it relates to people who may not be in the Bay Area tech environment or just uh, in a tech environment in general, it's find ways to to get in the game, right? Take the first step. And it just usually is one connection or one meetup or one step that you find out it, well, is that what you're interested in? And then you just follow that path. Uh, and it leads, one thing leads to another and it leads to another connection. Uh, I, you know, what I've observed is some, um, exciting careers that I'm seeing come out of India and come out of South America. So, uh, as it related to UB mobile, our app developers were young women, our front end app developers were young women in India and they were so sharp and so smart and they had all these great skills. And it's just great to see that they are developing those skills and they are some of the most talented iOS and Android developers that I've had a chance to work with. So it's exciting to see that emerging, you know, it's really emerging globally. Mm -hmm. And as I look at South America, so much technology talent there. And with tools like Skype today and, you know, all of the different online meeting capabilities that we have, 
it's, you know, you can have team members that are extension to your team anywhere in the world. And they're just a Skype call away. So they feel like they're collaborating, collaborating right there with you. So if you're in another, you know, a city or a country where you don't have a big um, tech hub, there's, it's, you know, it's a Skype call away to get, get involved and be part of that. So way more than when I came into the workforce, you, the technology supports getting involved in, um, in different groups and different forums, like, like never before, no matter where you are at in the world, all you need is an internet connection and Skype. Oh, that is so cool. Well, let, you know, in, in my audience listens to this podcast a lot for entrepreneur uh, journeys and just oddities, maybe we could say. And you have successfully co-founded and sold multiple companies that are involved in some form of technology that serve the mobile, I'm sorry, serve the market research industry. So can you give us a couple of you know, just tid. I, I hate to say I don't like superlatives the most or the worst or this kind of stuff. But, you know, we really see this selling a company as a very glorified, um, you know, process. But can you give us a little behind the scenes on that or any thoughts that you think would be really interesting, uh, you know, to people, you know, that are on an entrepreneurial journey themselves? Yeah, sure. I mean, I would say, watch out. It's addictive, right? <laughs> That's the first thing I'd say is once you're, once you're on the drug, it's hard to get off. Um, so, you know, my entrepreneurial journey really started my um, second job out of college. I started at a company called First Consulting Group, and I was two years out of college. I had just become a network administrator and again, you know, that was unique to being my age and, and certainly being female. Uh, and so I started at First Consulting Group. It was a technology company. It was during the dot-com boom. And in that company in 1999, IPO'd. And that experience so young in my career at a time where IPOs were kind of a high flying startup thing to be doing. Um, I experienced it with a consulting company, had a, had a modest amount of equity and it paid back my, my college debts. And, uh, it was like, wow, you know, you can build a company, be part of a startup and get IPOs. And, you know, you, you know, so that whole process was very, very exciting. And um, everyone that participated in that. And so uh, the next thing, you know, at that time in the Bay Area, if you weren't working for a dot com, you know, you what were you doing with your life? And so, <laughs> you know, if you weren't at pets.com or Webban or one of these, right. And so I, um, you know, if you all remember Monster, I did a put my resume on monster.com and was selected for an interview at a company called market tools and walked in and literally market tools was written in pencil on a piece of paper on the door. And oh you know, they gosh. had just moved out of, <laughs> out of the garage and into the office park. And I thought, gosh, this is a little sketchy. Like I'm probably interviewing for the mob or something, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, fast forward 12 years, you know, we built a very successful, uh, one of the first online market research survey platforms. We had a platform called Zoomerang, won awards for that. It was the original, um, you know, DIY consumer survey platform. We have built another platform called Zintelligence, which was the enterprise platform. And, you know, I 
having come from consulting, raised my hand to go out and um, be part of a team at General Mills. We had just signed a big contract with General Mills and I moved from San Francisco to Minneapolis, which is a story in and of itself. Wow, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, my, my family's from Hawaii, so winters in Minnesota were uh, a new experience. <laughs> a revelation, <laughs> let's say. Uh, I think I was, you know, a lot of people were laughing at me out in Minnesota, but um, but that was really, um, I would say, as an entrepreneurial journey, raise your hand for things that were hard. And was I nervous about moving from San Francisco to to, you know, grow this account for a startup company? Absolutely. Was it the best thing that I ever did in my career? Absolutely. I had so much autonomy to build my team. And, you know, it was just on me to make sure that General Mills was happy. They were getting online research and that they, you know, were uh, not calling back to the office in, in California, you know, with concerns. And so you know, <laughs> that's we, always a good sign. <laughs> so, you know, that that company um, ended up having an exit where it was the part of the business that I was working on did go to SurveyMonkey. Other parts of the business um, were acquired by Confirmant, the CSAT part of the business. And then another part of the business, uh, the research side was acquired by uh, Metrics, Metrics Lab, um, which is now I'm trying to remember the name now, but they've changed names a couple of times. So, uh, in any event, you know, that was, that was my second exit and that was, uh, um, learning around, you know, being acquired and my first acquisition, which was a very different feeling from an IPO. Um, and so I learned a lot from that entire experience is what is it like to be acquired and, um, how, you know, how does that whole thing work when you're merging two companies together? And so every, I would say that every exit, um, that I've been involved in has been a little different that, you know, one X, they all have a unique feeling to them because of the company cultures or whether it's the, you know, the teams that you're putting together, the technology that somebody's interested in, you know, as it relates to critical mix and UB mobile, um, that one was particularly exciting. I would say, you know, talking about help along the way, you know, I had a great business partner, Craig Stevens, who had come up, uh, at research now during the time I was market at market tools and had great, um, support from, uh, our investors, reimagine holdings, which had also been involved in true sample. And so, you know, all of these relationships and networks, one thing leads to another and people who have been either, um, competitors or business partners or investors in previous companies, this, this network, right. That mentors you and supports you, you know, they're the ones that bet on you when you start your own company. And so, and or they're the ones that, um, you know, you keep in touch with along the way. Chris Kelly at Servada, he and I would have lunch um, every now and again, and we would talk about our entrepreneurial journeys. And and um, so people that you know and you network with, some days you're, they're your competitors, the next day they're your investor, the next day they're your business partner or your boss <laughs> as you're going along the way. I so. love that. I love that perspective. Well, and obviously you said at the beginning you hinted that it's addictive. And so you went on to do it many more times. And every time you've really been at the cutting edge of what's going on in technology. So, you know, I mean, obviously we could talk forever, but let's end with this idea because I think this would be really helpful to the people that are listening. You know, with your experience in being at the front of innovation in market research tools, people are faced now with 
a very ever-increasing, you know, fast-paced change of technology. And everybody's being asked to do more with less. From your perspective, what is right now innovating or what is changing in market research? And what are your insights for that? And how are you dealing with that? Yeah, gosh, I feel like I'm just right in the middle of that. Uh, So I'll talk about it from a market dynamic standpoint and what I observe and see out there. And some people listening might even be feeling it or going through it themselves. And then I'll talk about it from a technology standpoint. Um, From just a general market, market research standpoint, I look at the entire supply chain and I really see that we've got – you know, the big, what I call big box market research companies really getting bigger and investing in technology through, um, typically through acquisition, right? We see a lot of M&A activity in market research. It's, um, it's amazing to me how much we see. And, you know, I'll, I'll talk about it casually with friends and they're like, wow, there's just a lot of mergers and acquisitions going on in your space. And so, you know, the big companies are getting bigger. Um, the mid tier companies I think are looking at how do they evolve because there's just so many mid tier market research companies. And even if we look at the past summer, we've seen some, uh, you know, mid tier companies merge together to evolve and become stronger, uh, to go forward into the future. As I think about, uh, even UB mobile and the acquisition of UB mobile by critical mix, it was critical mix has great panel and great data collection capabilities, but they, um, weren't particularly strong in, in the mobile piece. And so acquiring UB mobile made them stronger. So I'm looking at, you know, I, I always think that technology is the future, and so I really think that the technology companies are putting pressure on the mid-tier services companies. And, you know, you think about a company in terms of the assets that it has, and do they have a panel asset? Do they have mobile technology assets or a, an internet-based um, survey platform uh, mobile capabilities. So I like to look at the technology assets, the panel slash sample assets of the company, and then what are the research services you can build on top of that. And I, you know, my observation is the the research services only companies are the ones that are really looking at, okay, what other assets do we need to put together with our business to, to strengthen our offering and to be able to continue growing. And so, uh, you know, seeing a lot of that as it relates to where I'm at in this space, I think, you know, if you talked to me three years ago, you know, I had the blinders on in terms of just mobile is everything. And as I've been through, uh, you know, my journey, I've realized and kind of come to terms with mobile is, is a component of a larger picture. It is strategically important. I believe, but it also needs to be combined with other online technologies and online assets. And as it relates to Servata, I'm feeling more than ever, and people will, you know, that are in this space will be nodding. Yep, I've been seeing that for a while. I think I was so mobile focused that as I stop and take off the blinders and look around a little bit more, right, I see that that this emergence of market research and MarTech, marketing technology, is really starting to come together. And I see it in the technology. I see it especially in the assets that Servata has, where we have this massive publisher network, which is essentially our kind of quote unquote panel or sample. It's this dynamic access to 
audiences on their devices, whatever device that is, right, to be able to take surveys uh, and give feedback and data collection. So that's that's one piece. There's the survey platform itself where you're gathering the data. And then there's additional capabilities where um, you're using technology either through tagging or matching data back to DMPs where you can create these richer personas on your target audience as well as measure things uh, like brand lift on the fly or being able to um, take what was traditionally marketing technology data that you're looking at to measure uh, digital brand list lift or digital campaigns and being able to take that and marry it back to your market research data, your market research trackers, your uh, segmentation data. So you really have this much fuller picture of who your audience is, both from a um, stated survey response standpoint, as well as from a behavioral standpoint. Right, the actual experience. <laughs> yeah, and that's what's really exciting to me right now is the, the those technologies. And I, I see in organizations that you've got you've got your market research team and then you've got your ad measurement team and they're still siloed, and, but it's coming together. And I think that as market researchers, I would say understanding those worlds and thinking about how they're coming together is going to be important to how market, with the role that market research plays in enterprise organizations as we move into the future. Wow. I mean, yeah, that is, <laughs> that is interesting, but I, I love also your, you know, your take on it saying, hey, you know, sometimes that is human of us. We get so trapped in the way we've been doing things, even when those things have been very innovative and in the front, uh, the forefront of what needs to happen. But that forefront is constantly moving. And so I love this. I love this fluid moving toward, okay, what what really, you know, your 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 question that you're asking yourself all the time at Servata is how how do we react to this market? How do we continually stay uniquely relative in market research and in MarTech? I love that, Dinah. Uh, as you can hear, dear audience, <laughs> Dinah is amazing and has so much to offer. You really need to start following her on Twitter. You can do that at Dinah Bowen. I'm going to spell it for you, D-Y-N-A-B-O-E-N, and then the number one. And I, you're welcome. <laughs> You'll enjoy following her. Um, and obviously, you can find her on LinkedIn. But Dinah, it was so fun being with you at the retreat. Um, you are, you know, so experienced. And I just have to say, so kind the way you give back to people and such a great listener to, to, to crazy wild ideas that, you know, people feel very, very uh, free to share with you. I think that your unique experience makes people trust you, you know, trust your your perspective a lot. And I, I'm, I'm so glad that I got to meet you. And I'm so glad that I got to introduce my audience to you. So thank you so much for being on this podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Priscilla. The pleasure is all mine. And I hope I get to see you again this year. Do yeah. I get to see you again at uh, Wire Accept Are you this kidding? Year? They, um, as long as that invite comes, I'm the first one signed up. <laughs> it's, it's coming. So okay. we'll mark the calendar. I'm already floored that I got invited, so I'm I'm in. But for those of you that um, would like to be involved 
and around people like Dinah who are giving back and are making sure that we're doing what we can to help women in market research, please check out your local Wire chapter. Like we said, you know, Wire membership is free. It's it's out there for you to take and for you to get involved and see also what you can give back to other women. So, Dinah, thank you so much. I will talk to you very soon. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Okay. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Flock Stars. We'd love to hear from you, so be sure to give us a review and rating on iTunes or wherever you downloaded this podcast. Happy marketing! This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.